0: Welcome to House Calls with Dr. Connie Mariano. If you're ready to get your physical, emotional, and spiritual life in order, join us for the next hour as we meet some interesting people who will share stories of success and wisdom that you can apply to your own life. Now, here's Dr. Connie.
1: Welcome to the month of March. It's Dr. Connie here in studio in sunny Arizona and... I love the month of March because we're almost at spring. In fact, it's coming this weekend. We we welcome the spring. It's about time. I always start off my show with my honorable mentions, and there are lots of birthdays to recognize the month of March. First of all, my friend, Dr. Julie Anae, uh celebrated a birthday. A lot of my friends celebrate birthday March 15th. They always say, beware the Ides of March. Well, the Ides of March is actually a great day for a birthday. Dr. Julie uh, celebrated her birthday, And she was on my show last time in February. We talked about love and moving on. And Julie, Dr. Julianne, is my most frequent guest. She's been on the show five times. Amazing. The other person I want to recognize, uh, March 15th birthday, is Reiner Zim, a great friend of my late husband, John's, a dear friend of ours, Uh, almost like a brother to John, brother from another mother. Uh, Happy belated birthday, dear Reiner. Other birthdays in the month of March, Debbie Ziveth, my son Jason Stevens, happy belated birthday Jason, Harry Slale, hey Harry, happy birthday, he is the talk show host of Wilder Radio, and I'm going to put in a pitch for him because I was on one of his shows. He is the host of Radio Wilder Live, so in order to get to his radio show, go onto the Apple app and purchase the app for Radio Wilder W-I-L-D-E-R live. And then you can listen to his podcast on demand. He plays music from all eras and he has great conversation. I was on his show April 24th. It was the 120th show. And uh, it went to the title of Songs I Want Played at My Funeral. It isn't that maudlin. But it was actually interesting. What music would you like to be played at your funeral, right? So we talked about that. And we tried not to cry too much during that. Other birthdays this month, Ken Reno, Laura, and Sonia Breslow both had a birthday, as well as Bluma Polanski. My dear friend, naturopath Parbate Messier, Cindy Compton, Ellen Kozloff, Joanne Olson, Rose Ziveth, happy birthday, Rose, who turned 90 this year. My nephew, Rob Rafanan, who was my January guest, he has been the world's biggest loser in a good way. He lost about 170 pounds, and he shared his story with us on our January show, and he continues to lose weight, and he looks magnificent on Facebook with his new clothing. Lee Gregory, happy birthday. Tammy Fannin, Dr. Russell High. Russ, happy birthday. Barb Karras, Alyssa Nave in Vegas, Jordan Rose in Phoenix, Kay McGann, who is the grandma to my grandchildren, uh, the mother of my daughter-in-law, Sherry Antoniak-Mills, Betsy Applebaum, Gia Castro-Giovanni. You know, it seems like a lot of birthdays in March, but you want to guess which birthday, which month has the most birthdays? Well, it's not March. It's September. September has the most birthdays. So September, October, November, December. So December, I guess everybody wants to stay warm, procreates in the month and gets pregnant in December, has their babies in September. The Least amount of birthdays are the month of February because it's the shortest month. And the month that has, that's the full length month, but fewest birthdays is January, which is my birthday month, makes Aquarius, which means late January to February 21st, the least common zodiac sign. So if you're wondering about that, also looking at our time, daylight savings time, in case you're wondering why you're running behind. Daylight savings time was this past Sunday, March 14th, so spring forward, fall back. The idea of daylight savings time was first conceived by Benjamin Franklin during his trip as an American delegate in Paris in 1784. They thought it was a great idea to save energy because people would spend less time in the dark and require less illumination. And if there's more sunlight at the end of the day, there'll be less time. We are awake when it is dark. And most of the U.S. and Canada do observe daylight savings time on these dates. But of course, there are exceptions. You know what the two states are. Well, Hawaii and Arizona are the two U.S. states that don't observe daylight savings time, as well as the Navajo Nation in northeastern Arizona uh, does follow daylight savings time. So just so you're aware, March 17, yesterday, we celebrate St. Patrick's Day. Uh, Happy St. Paddy's Day to you all who are of Irish origin. Significance is it is said to be the date of St. Patrick's death in the late 5th century, circa 493 A.D., so honor those people of Irish heritage, including my sons and my grandkids and many good friends. Happy St. Patty's Day to you all. Also the month of March, as I look back, March 16th marks one year. Can you believe it's been one year since the pandemic took over our lives? Do you remember where you were or what you were doing when you started hearing about coronavirus? And it's not a beer, guys. Coronavirus, right? covid first time you ever heard that first time you ever were told to say hey we got to stay indoors shelter in place mask up first time you put on a mask I tell my patients had I wanted to wear a mask all the time and gloves and a face shield I would have been a surgeon right when was the first time you heard someone use the phrase social distancing right how do you social distance actually it's physical distance you don't want to social distance yourself from your friends you want a physical distance. While the pandemic has affected people to varying degrees, we can all agree that everyone's life is definitely different today than it was a year ago. It's it's hard to remember what normal looked like before, right, and what it's going to look like now. The good news is we've got Johnson & Johnson's vaccine has been approved. It's being distributed now. It's the one-dose vaccine, about 65% effectiveness to that. You don't have to store it in these minus-70-degree refrigerators. Now we have the three vaccines available in this country, which is really good. The COVID-19 cases and hospitalizations have dropped significantly over the past two months. More businesses are reopening. Kids are going back to school. More diners are headed to restaurants. Air travel has picked up, I think, over the last week or last two weeks. They've had such an increase in air travel, so it's given us some more hope. From my financial advisor, Jonathan Poor. what a great name for a financial advisor. Jonathan Poor makes you rich guys. From the National Bank of Arizona, he shared with me some of this information about the US economy because that was adversely affected by COVID. He said the U.S. economy, though it's not back to normal, is poised to potentially recover all of its lost output from last year's recession during the first half of this year. We hope so. Shoppers are doing their part as well as retail sales, which jumped 5.3% in January. I just heard that the number one store for retail clothing aren't our big dress stores. It's Amazon. People are buying their clothes from Amazon. So January was the strongest month-over-month increase in seven months in retail. Consumers' uh, money are being replenished by the federal government's roughly $900 billion stimulus package passed in December. U.S. household savings are now $1.4 trillion above last year's levels, according to the Bureau of Economic Analysis. So those are hopeful things. So how have our lives changed as you look back? How has your life changed in the past year? One of the things I've observed: nobody shakes hands. I was at a an event the other day. Somebody reached out to shake a hand, and you almost are startled about, oh my gosh! You know, if you want to shake hands, fine. Just wash your hands after you shake hands, right? Uh, we wash our hands more. Maybe it's one of the reasons our flu season is down. I have, in my practice, not seen anybody with influenza A or B over the last three months, which is. Very, very unusual. So I think it's because people physically distance; they don't touch their face, they wash their hands, they're very cautious. What's work like? Both my sons and many of their contemporaries and, and uh, my friends work from home. You know, what, that's the new that's the new vogue now. It's the new life of workplace balance, which is really you work from home, W F H. There's also a lot of anxiety, a lot of isolation. Uh, People are stressed out. I see that in my practice, talking to my patients. There are people who still are afraid to venture out until they get both vaccines. And even the ones who've gotten both vaccines are still very anxious because after you've been sheltered in place a year, do you venture out? So gradually you try to get people's confidence up. It's okay, it's safe. The majority of people who get the virus recover. They recover. This is a virus, again, that uh, kills the aged, the elderly, the most vulnerable, and also obesity is a huge risk factor. You've seen in the last year the triumphs of science to put out three vaccines in the span of a year, which is incredible. And people are a little bit wary. They worry, oh, is it safe? Is it messenger RNA? I don't know. Is something going to happen? Messenger RNA vaccines have been have been researched for over 20 years. (laughs) So it isn't something they just put together over a year. They've been in research and development over 20 years. So they're safe. Large number of population has gotten it. I've I've received the Pfizer vaccine back in January and February. I feel great. I, I feel wonderful and reassured knowing that I have good immunity at this time, but I'm also very cautious about hand washing and physically distancing myself. Uh, When I do physicals on patients, I wear gloves, I mask up, I'm very cautious about that, uh, and also considerate of other people. So what are we waiting for now? We're waiting for herd immunity. Everybody wants herd immunity. And the more people who develop immunity, the better, so that eventually the virus will have no place to go because about 40 to 50% of the population, hopefully in the next couple months, would have had the virus or would have had the vaccine. According to the latest studies, nearly 30% of Americans have now had the, the virus, according to a data scientist, and about 18%, I'm sh- sure it's higher now, 20%, have at least one vaccination shot. There is some overlap between the groups, which means about 40% of Americans now have some protection from COVID. So that is good news. So we're moving towards herd immunity. So that's what we wanna see. So how do we return to normal? What is normal gonna look like? Well, what's the best way to, to get towards that and how do we survive, but even more important, not only surviving, how do we thrive? How can we turn a negative into a positive, make it a big plus? And that's really the theme of this show. How do you turn tough times, negativity into positivity? Well, so what's the big deal about being positive? Well, there's a lot of studies about the health benefits about being positive. Being positive, having a positive, optimistic attitude promotes longevity. People live longer. They interviewed many centenarians, people over 100, and the four most important things that centenarians share with us younger folks are the following. Number one, you know, what is the secret to your longevity? I have a positive attitude, right? I go through life and most of these people, 100 year olds have dealt with loss, disappointment, betrayal, all the things that make up life, but they look at it in a positive way. They turn lemons into lemonade. The second one is to have goals, something to look forward to every single day. What are you looking forward to? Something, and I ask all my patients, what do you look forward to this year? Tell me something that you are anticipating in a good way. The third is a social network, people to love, people who love you, people to stay connected with you. And the fourth important thing to help you stay positive and promote longevity among our elderly are letting go, letting go of the past, letting go of past hurts. You know how people just, just won't let go of stuff? Let go, learn the lessons, move on. And I guess one of the books I will write about resilience is I use sort of the catchphrase, when something bad happens, you hit the pause button first, hit the pause, don't ref- don't react, don't strike out, just hit the pause button, take a deep breath, then you reflect, think about what just happened, and then you reset, you reset your mindset, you reset your plan, and you move forward. So let's talk about being positive, because that's really what's gonna make this work. So today in studio, I have our special guest, Tara Liu, she is my in-studio studio, guest. We crossed paths, believe it or not, pre-pandemic. And that's what's going to happen a lot of times. We're going to look at pre- and post-pandemic. So we crossed paths at, in February 2020, where I spoke at Arizona State University at a seminar for leadership for undergraduates. And right after the talk, I got an email from Tara. And I was very touched by that. I was not expecting to get that. I do get occasional emails from the students where I do speaking engagements. And I'm just gonna summarize her email because I was really touched. Uh, in the email, she thanks me for coming out to, to speak at the leadership seminar. And she wrote, I sat in the front row and enjoyed every moment of your talk. You impacted the trajectory of everyone's life who listened to you. You elevated the entire vet. Your talk was my favorite part of last Saturday. As a female Asian-American who also wants to become a physician, you are someone I look up to and admire. Your courage to stand up to people who told you no is an inspiration. And there were people who told me, told Tara, I couldn't become a physician, and I, and if I did magically become one, I would never be as competent as a male physician. When I was younger, I was told racist remarks because the color of my skin, and I started to be ashamed of my identity and cultural upbringing. Your story proves every one of them wrong. So I was very touched by this because it spoke to me and how I grew up, always being underestimated, always being told, no, you're the wrong color, you're the wrong gender, you're wrong side of the street. And I thought I would reach out to Tara and tell her I would be happy to mentor her, but I also wanted her to know that when I got her email I was going through a really tough time my husband had died recently and I was heartbroken and every widow and widower at least cries at least once a day right I call it them the daily weep and you cry at least once a day and when I got Tara's email (laughs) It made me realize I need to stay on in this life because there are people like Tara who need to hear my message, to hear my voice, and to be inspired. And this year will be my 40th anniversary of practicing medicine. And I want our country, our world, to have good doctors so they can take care of me when I get older. And I realized I wanted Tara to be a doctor. I wanted her to move on. And I wanted her to say no to all those people who said that she wasn't good enough. So we're gonna take a little break and then we're gonna come back and talk to Tara, who's gonna talk about the power of being positive. So stay tuned.
2: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash voiceamerica.
3: Who's your doctor?
4: When I was looking for a doctor, I thought Which person gets the best care of all and whose doctor's credentials are the most carefully reviewed? Well, the answer was obvious. Who looks after the President of the United States?
5: Are you ready to live younger, longer? Andrew and Aaron Stevens with Apply Everyday Health are partnered with a 100-year-old company to help you build health through natural approaches. Our scientists believe that the key to a healthy lifestyle lies within nature. By using ingredients proven to be safe and effective, our products provide nutrition guaranteed to change your life in a positive way. To find out how you can get the same top-of-the-line vitamins taken daily by Olympic athletes, astronauts, and the White House doctor herself, Visit applyeveryday.com.
0: tuned in to house calls with former white house physician dr connie mariano if you have a question or comment for our show today please call in to 1-888-346-9141 that's one 346 9141 you may also send an email to dr connie radio at gmail.com that's dr connie radio at gmail.com now back to house calls with dr connie
1: I'm blessed to have in studio sophomore student from Barrett Honors College at ASU, Tara Liu. And I connected with Tara back in February 2020 when I spoke at an event at ASU on leadership. And she sent me the most thoughtful email about how my talk impacted her. And she was she identified with me and I identified with her so I told her I'd be happy to mentor her on her journey to become a physician so let me give you more about her background she is a sophomore at Barrett's Honors College at ASU studying biological sciences and cross-sector leadership with a plan of attending medical school and she is going to apply next year she's a sophomore she's the service chair of ASU's Next Generation Service Corps that is a four-year program that develops character-driven leaders charged with driving positive impact globally by crossing sectors connecting networks and igniting action for the greater good she's also a part-time research technician at the university of arizona college of medicine investigating hepatobiliary i'm sorry hepatopulmonary syndrome in a pulmonary endothelial lab she was elected as the internal affairs chair for asu student health outreach for wellness where she onboards new volunteers to provide health programs for the underserved populations in Arizona. She helps students navigate through their pre-medical journey at Alpha Epsilon Delta, and that's a pre-health honor society on campus. For her Barrett's thesis, Tara is creating a documentary on the ASU COVID-19 Saliva Testing Lab, a facility that is one of the first in the West, and then lastly, She's been running leadership development programs in Rotary youth leadership camps in Arizona for the past year. She loves playing the flute in ASU's flute ensemble. She likes running, drawing, exploring, hiking trails in her free time, and I'm just so impressed by her her thoughtfulness, and her enthusiasm, and and just really coming on the show. So welcome, Tara.
6: Thank you for inviting me. Have you ever done radio before? No, this is my first time. She's
1: already a natural. She's <laughs> sitting here smiling in the studio, right? The studio's freezing. One of the reasons I invited you on board, I wanted you to tell your story about coming to this country. Do you mind sharing a little bit yeah, growing up of course. here? course.
6: So my parents actually are from Taiwan, and they immigrated here a long time back. And then they had me and three other siblings, and we all grew up in Phoenix, Arizona.
1: Where'd you go to high school here?
6: Mountain Ridge High School.
1: And then you chose ASU. Why'd you go to ASU?
6: I chose ASU because of the Barrett Honors Program and their partnership with Mayo Clinic. And they actually, I think they mentor um, students in applying to medical school and also the research opportunities the scholarship program i'm in and as well as the different hospitals around tempe and the clinics as well so it's perfect for pre-med
1: i'm always interested because my patient population are a lot older so i mean you're about 19 years old 20.
6: i just turned 20 in (laughs) january
1: what's your birthday january 8th all right happy birthday (laughs) capricorn so we're yeah january babies uh what how have you gone through the pandemic how has that impacted you
6: Ooh, that's hard from transitioning to in-person classes and then to transitioning on zoom it's very artificial you know it's like talking to a screen for (laughs) seven hours a day and meetings is just not the same you know
1: are you back in class do they Uh, have you in class yet no not yet not yet so they're eventually going to go to that How did you come up with your talk? Can you tell us about your project with the positive quotes?
6: Right. So with all the stress and anxiety floating around because of the pandemic, I wanted to create a positive wall that reached thousands of people across borders, across nations, internationally, really. So I remembered a project in high school I did with fellow students, and we would post sticky notes onto the walls of the hallways with positive, personalized messages, right? And then I just wanted to reach more people than that. So I digitized the entire project and used Padlet.com, which is a online free service where you can post positive, personalized messages and yeah. I used my um, time as a service chair for the NGSC where I provide service opportunities for the NGSC students. And it just, that's history. <laughs>
1: well, what have, you, what have you seen as a result? Have people come back to you and tell you how it's impacted them for your the positive quotes in the Padlet that you've had online?
6: Yeah, so uh, feedback from the volunteers. They've all said it's one of their favorite service opportunities the entire semester, and um, as well as that, it was super fun and super different from other virtual events. Because usually, other virtual events, like I have another one where we do e-card making, it's not as interactive as the positive wall because it, you can just picture the the entire work of the the group of students, you know, and.
1: Are there certain quotes or posts that have struck you like, oh, my gosh, this is so true, or that you still remember that somebody has posted?
6: Yeah, let me think. If it's not okay, it's not the end. Right. That's one of the quotes that just popped up in my head.
1: And it just comes out. I mean, can people make things up and decide to post it or does it have to be attributed to a certain author or somebody else?
6: I think it's from John Lennon. Oh, really? Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, a lot of those positive things you find in music, like, you know, certain things like songs that try to be positive, like Let It Be, you know, of acceptance, of things that come up over time. It's, It's interesting. I always think... I, I see messages in different ways. I'll, I'll go to a, one of the stores, you know, for coffee or I'll pick up my, my lunch at one of these stores here at one of the markets and I'll, I'll pay in cash and the register will, the digital register will 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 have the word tender validation. It'll just show up tender validation. I went, you know, we could all use tender validation. And I just sort of think of that. One of my friends and I are, have fun making up quotes that we can post like, Make today, make God smile today, right? Is a how do, how do you make God smile or God winks? Different phrases that that will sort of lift people up and make them laugh. Uh, something came up today. I was I was texting actually with Reiner Zem because he uh, sent me a text early this morning that had a dream about my late husband. They were flying together in the dream. I really think that was a visitation. You know, one day I'll do my woo woo show where I'll have my Astrologers or my medium friends come kind of born, and we can talk, but uh, Reiner had shared text that in the dream that they were flying on our airplane into probably Vale Eagle, and I just I text back I said well he's having a great time he's having the time of his afterlife right he's having a blast and you sort of find different ways to just aim towards more positive things. Have you felt that in the last year as as a college student that that more people are trying to be positive? Have you seen a lot of negatively of depression? Have you seen anxiety for, for your generation?
6: Yeah, especially in college students, there's a lot of depression and anxiety with online classes because it's very isolating. Mm-hmm. It's very off-putting because you're always talking to a screen. It just doesn't seem real, it seems artificial. And yeah, there's this negativity negativity cloud surrounding us right now because it's just not connecting with the people that you love and yeah. There's especially. something
1: about physical energy right. to be in the room with somebody to look at them and take the cues versus a flat screen. And I have seen it with my sons who, who both work for large companies. And my youngest son, particularly in Minnesota for a very large marketing company. And since he started work with them a year ago, it's all been on Zoom. In fact, last Christmas he and his wife came out to visit me and and I they were staying in the other room and I said, What are you guys doing this evening for dinner? And they said, Oh, we're having a Zoom holiday party. And it was like, Oh my <laughs> God, it's so sad. I'm looking at them, they're looking at the screen. They got their Santa hats, you know, the the red boa, they've got their, you know, Christmas drinks and their and it's People are meant to be in physical contact with each other, and the sooner we can move on past this pandemic to reconnect, you know, people can't travel as, as they can. Or, or people are so isolated, and and I think isolation kills people, they do. But you know, as we're seeing more work from home, it's it's screen, it's really screen makes you want to scream. Uh, any other things that you've observed among your generation during this time? Because I, I like to get your perspective as, as a college student going through the pandemic. You'll remember, you know, last time this happened, none of us were around. It was 1918. So now you're able to tell your grandchildren, you live through the pandemic of 19, you know, of 20, 2020, 2020 was the year you know, the pandemic, and they'll say, well, Grandma, what was that like? (laughs) I, You know, I was forced to Zoom. What's Zoom, right? Can you imagine what they'll say? Yeah,
6: that's insane. We're like living history right now. It's just crazy to think that the present will be in textbooks and stuff that we will be studied.
1: So for medicine, why do you want to go into medicine?
6: There's so many experiences that kind of pushed me towards that path, but the number one reason why is the service aspect of it. And service has a really big place in my heart. And I knew I wanted to do a career in service. So, and I spent three years in a research lab. I joined junior year of high school. And to see the scientists so dedicated towards their craft of advancing medicine, it's just motivated me so much that I wanted to combine that kind of that drive to help improve the lives of others.
1: You know, one of the things that strikes me as you you talk about wanting to serve, because I think for medicine, you know, you got to realize all our patients die, you know. But if you focus on that, I mean, sure. I mean, but in the meantime, you try to keep them alive. You try to to diagnose what to, you know, what's going on. You try to help them. you, You serve them. It's that servant mentality. But one of the things we do with our patients is we give them hope, and that's to, to be positive in the face of really tough times. And I, I look back at what I've done over the last 40 years, and you know, several times a year I have to sit down with people and give them really bad news. And it, it breaks your heart when you, when you tell someone they have cancer or they've been diagnosed with a, you know, really a terminal disease. And always have some hope there, you know, either, you know, even the face of we can't do anything to save you, but we can give you comfort. If you can always keep aiming towards that positive light, you can really alleviate a lot of the suffering. Because the negativity part, when they lose all hope, I mean, that's the part where people really give up. And I look back and I talked about centenarians and people who make it to 100, and I I remember one of my patients, she died about five years ago. She made it to 102. And and the reason she only went to 102, she could have gone longer. Uh, her pacemaker battery was due to be renewed, and she did not want that to be renewed. And I asked her, why not? I said, you're in good shape. You can last much longer than 102. And she says, sweetheart, she said, everybody I ever loved is no longer here. I don't want to be in this life anymore. So... How do you aim towards being positive? You say, all right, I will respect your wishes and I will, I will ask the hospice people to come in. And we kept her comfortable. She, she passed away about three weeks later, she just stopped eating. But I told her children who were in their 80s that their mom elected to pass and they were a little bit surprised. Why so soon? I said, well, your mom's you know 102 and she really has is, is completed this life and she's ready to move on to the next adventure. And it really, if you can put it in that sense, the next life is the next adventure. And I have a handful of patients who don't believe there is another life. And it's really hard because it's really hard. I I truly believe not only my faith, but in my spiritual sense as a soul, that there is another life beyond this. And as physicians, we alleviate suffering, you know, we alleviate suffering. and, and, And part of that, I think we add meaning. It's adding meaning to life. Why are we in this together? Why, why are we meant to meet, right? But any, tell me about your observations, other things that you've seen in school. Um, just this is your time to sort of share. Well, you know, you, we talked about getting you ready for med school. And one of the things I think about is, as we sit here speaking, the number one fear, actually 46% of the population is terrified about speaking in public. And there's some DNA analysis that shows that that is DNA dil- it directed. That there is some genetic predisposition because my ancestry.com and my 23andMe popped up and said, "Yeah, take this survey." And it, it'll it did my DNA analysis and it said that I was least likely to be afraid to speak in public, meaning that I was okay to speak in public. But for you, I think the current I think it really takes courage. What do you think?
6: Yeah, public speaking. I remember I had troubles with it when I was much younger, but you kind of train yourself to really just put yourself out there and be comfortable with the uncomfortable, you know? And the more you do something, the more you get better at it. So practice makes perfect.
1: You know, if you can overcome that, and I thought of this past, last week, I did uh, academic decathlon. (laughs) That's something that's a big deal here in Arizona. My son, Andrew Stevens, uh, helps chair, uh, is actually one of the chairs for the state for the Arizona uh, State for the Academic Decathlon. And it's a big competition for speech. And I got to be one of the judges, again, I always volunteer to be a judge of the speech part because they do a three-minute prepared remark, and there are certain metrics that we follow. And it was all on Zoom, which was interesting, but it was actually well done. And then afterwards, they are given three different topics From which they choose one and they do a one minute impromptu and to be able to think on your feet but i just think of how these these high school kids overcome that fear to present and it gives you confidence and sensitivity and to think on your feet and i think if you can do that and i think for me growing up i think of my breakout moment in my high school in in california was back in the seventies. I was a. It was a. I was a sophomore, and every year at my high school back there in the seventies we had something called the sophomore speech contest, and they had the whole class write a five minute speech, three to five minute speech on a topic of their choice, and then they had to present in each class, and then they they competed, and then you were down to the finals, and then the the final three <laughs> were um, chosen to present it in front of the student body and i was in the final 3 and then i was chosen as the winner and but it takes time i remember recording my speech in the old reel to reel recorder and i would listen and criticize it and over and over to the part where you do memorize it but to make it come out like you're not memorized <laughs> and it and i and i think of this radio show if anything as i was sharing with you if you ever do radio it will break any habit of saying uh uh You know, verbal text, when you can hear that. And honestly, I don't like listening to myself afterwards. I don't go back and listen to it. I listen to my guests. But to be able to communicate on your feet, to let the words flow and not be afraid. Because fear stunts your growth. Fear silences you. And I think it goes back to the being positive. We're in a time of tremendous fear, fear of death, fear of the unknown, fear of what's going to happen. So we're going to move on to our break. We'll come back with Terry Liu talking about being positive and moving forward in this life. So stay tuned on House Calls.
2: Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7.
5: Are you ready to live younger, longer? Andrew and Aaron Stevens with Apply Everyday Health are partnered with a 100-year-old company to help you build health through natural approaches. Our scientists believe that the key to a healthy lifestyle lies within nature. By using ingredients proven to be safe and effective, our products provide nutrition guaranteed to change your life in a positive way. To find out how you can get the same top-of-the-line vitamins taken daily by Olympic athletes, astronauts, and the White House doctor herself, visit applyeveryday.com.
3: Who's your doctor?
4: When I was looking for a doctor, I thought, which person gets the best care of all, and whose doctor's credentials are the most carefully reviewed? Well, the answer was obvious. Who looks after the President of the United States?
2: You can like and comment on the Voice America Empowerment Channel Facebook page. This is the place to get and share advice from some of the best leaders on the planet. Get started today by searching for Voice America Empowerment or click the like button under the player today.
5: Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment.
0: tuned in to house calls with former white house physician dr connie mariano if you have a question or comment for our show today please call in to 1-888-346-9141 that's 1-888-346-9141 you may also send an email to dr connie radio at gmail.com that's dr connie radio at gmail.com now back to house calls with dr connie in to house calls with former white house physician dr connie mariano if you have a question or comment for our show today please call in to 1-888-346-9141 that's 1-888-346-9141 you may also send an email to dr connie radio at gmail.com that's dr radio at gmail.com now back to house calls with dr connie
1: I'm in studio with ASU sophomore, Tara Liu, who is applying for medical school next year. But one of the things that I'm enjoying talking with Tara about is the power of positivity. And she took upon herself a project where online she posts positive quotes to uplift people. And we were talking about people in our lives who are positive. Who, who in your life who is like the most positive person you know?
6: Definitely, my dad. If you're out there, <laughs> thanks for being an amazing dad. He just is very uplifting, you know. And there's a lot of curveballs to life, where it, life is a really bumpy road, you know. And so he he's always there to give me support and that guidance through life.
1: So. That's that's a gift. I think of my father too. God bless him. He buried him on his 94th birthday. He passed away almost made it to 94, Dad. And he had gone through so much difficulty in his life. His his mother died when he was 11. He saw her bleed to death. She was giving birth in the Philippines. They were very poor. She was giving birth to her her eighth baby. And she had probably placenta previa, and, and she bled to death. And he saw her die. And they were very poor. And it wasn't until he joined the U.S. military in the 1940s and came to this country and, and really succeeded. But he was always so positive. And We would laugh, my siblings and I would laugh, because we'd say, Dad, how are you? And he goes, well, I don't know about your mom, but I'm happy. And it was just, (laughs) oh, he had such a great sense of humor. And I think, when I think of being positive, I think of happiness. And those two are really tied. In order to be happy, I really think you should, you've got to have a positive attitude. I don't know of anybody who's negative who's happy, right? I don't know if that's possible, I don't know if you can even do that. How does that happen? Or if you are, if you're negative, I don't think you have many friends because nobody wants to be around anybody who is negative. And I, you can tell just the aura, the sense of people's energy. When they're downers, everything is negative. Debbie Downer it's like, oh, my gosh. Like, you don't want to be around these people. So I'm, I'm giving... Advice to you, whoever you marry, whoever's in your life, you make sure they're positive. That is important. I mean, you surround yourself with positive people. They will always lift you up. And positive attitude has been shown to be intimately related and tied to happiness in your life. Studies showed that when scientists did a study in 2015 about happy people versus unhappy people, there is a 14% increased risk of death among the unhappy versus the happy. So if you're unhappy, you've got a higher risk of death, right? I I don't think it's related to suicide, but it's being unhappy increases cortisol, uh, the levels of hormone, stress hormones. People have more calcified plaque in their heart. They're higher risks. Sometimes they medicate with alcohol, food, you name it. They, They just tend to live unhappier lives which predispose to earlier death. So as we look around, it makes us look at what does it take to make somebody happy? You know, there were studies about what's, you know, is it money? You know, and at what point, you know, somebody years ago quoted, I think the Wall Street Journal had an article about, what's the minimum amount of salary that makes somebody happy? And for a while it was 75,000. I think that moved up to 100,000. What's the minimum to give you, allow you the assets to make you feel happy? But then, they have this condition it's called hedonistic saturation, where once you get a hundred thousand, I guess that's not enough. It's got to be two hundred thousand. so at what point are you happy? because even having a lot of money creates more stress. So really, it's got to be the positive attitude and a sense of peace. So if you look at happiness, you know who studies happiness? And there are psychologists who are well known, the most famous psychologists who studies happiness is Dr. Martin Seligman. He is the father of positive psychology. And one of the things Dr. Seligman recommends to be happy is to practice this thing. And what he says is, at the end of the day, write down or recite three things for which you are grateful. And I think you, you'd mentioned that, right? What, what, like today, what are you going to say about, tarot? about for three things for which you're grateful?
6: Ooh, that's a good one. So I have this agenda for school, and every day I, like, at the end of the night, I like to write down three things that I'm grateful for. And I'm grateful for friends like Dr. Connie, mentors, um, family, and good food.
1: Yeah, all right. Well, didn't your family, did not have a Chinese restaurant? They did. Is it still, do you still have that restaurant or do they sell it? My dad sold it. That's a whole different business, isn't it? Right. That's probably one of the hardest businesses. And I, and I look what pandemics have done when people can't dine out and they're starting to pick that up again. But I think it's probably one of the hardest things because you can never make everybody happy. Uh, the turnover is huge with the people serving. I mean, in fact, the other day I was having dinner on a patio where I live, and my friends and I are business women, and we just talked about hiring people because one of the things we talked about is half of your hiring choices don't succeed. So, and and it's even higher in the service industry. You know, people come and go, and it's really hard to have people who stay for a long time. And, you know, they, they bring in their personal drama, they bring home to work. And it goes on. So it's really hard to make people happy. Now, you know, something didn't wasn't right, this wasn't the right food, they're unhappy with the service. But you go back, let's go back again to happiness and positivity. So Dr. Seligman said, write down three things. So and and something that they have done studies where people who do that maintain a sense of happiness and and it's it's overall consistent where they They feel good about things, and it doesn't mean you're immune from bad things. My goodness. I mean, who is without anything disappointing, bad quote, bad. It was unexpected, didn't go your way. <laughs> That's part of life. Life is about solving problems, right? Why are we brought into this world? How do you solve problems? What's your mechanism? And I think I always look back at the two tests of an individual. If you're trying to figure out if you want to be with certain people, How do they behave when things are rough, when things are, you know, not their way? Do they lash out? Do they blame you? Are they mean or are they forgiving? Are they kind? Do they look out for everybody else? I mean, that's really the test as if you're looking for a life partner, and I'm I'm counseling Tara, you know, if you're thinking of dating somebody, Tara, what is that person like when they don't get their way? (laughs) Are they pouty? Do they blame you? They take it out on you? Or they're like, well, that's the way life is. Let me find another way to solve this problem. Let me find another way. They always look for the silver lining. And if you can do that, you'll live longer. I think probably the the happiest people I know are more positive. And they also know how to laugh at themselves. They don't have huge egos. There's a sense of humility. And I think to have a good sense of humor, you gotta be humble. You have to sort of make fun of yourself and, and laugh with people, not at people, but laugh with them. But when you can share that humor that I'm not perfect, nobody's perfect. So in our imperfection, we can agree we're alike more than we're different. And that's, that's really when it's good humor, when a comedian will get up, And'll we'll say something, and you're like, "Oh, I totally get it that's what 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 I've been through, so I'm not the only one who experiences that that type of challenge because you know we're not perfect, and to be able to accept it and and to embrace it and say that's okay and i think I think what you've done with your padlet and your positive quotes I think raises those, especially your generation because I think when we're young, we expect so much, right, and you haven't had enough Years, enough birthdays to face lots of disappointments yet and and I think it's good medicine for you to see this pandemic because I think it will change your practice in medicine, how you look with people. Uh, you know, we look at medicine and a lot of it's, it's the telemedicine calls that we're seeing that, you know, I do I do a lot of that as well. I prefer to see people in in person, but no, you can do telemedicine calls. It does save patients from coming in. To the office. It does give them a distance. If so, th- there's a fear of any infection. You don't have it because you're Zooming and you can do a telemedicine call. You can reach them in places that are far away so they don't have to come all the way to the hospital. But again, it misses that human touch. You know, there was a debate years ago are if annual exams worth it? Why do people try to go for an annual exam? And there are studies by the U.S. Preventive Task Force questioning whether it's even worth it. And I think just, I, I, Recommend them for my patients at least once a year to have them come to my office and I block 90 minutes I have we have that luxury to sit down and most of the time is talking with them in person to look at their expression and nuances in their body language and I almost say if I can get them to cry You've let their guard down and these are people very successful You know powerful CEOs in their family, but if you can get them to cry you've touched something there and, and if you can get them to laugh, so two emotions, if I can get them to laugh and I can get them to cry, those are good things. That That is a good session. And I, my patients are listening going, oh, my gosh, she's going to make me cry, right? No, I mean, if you've touched someone in some way, to listen enough to them to say, I can help you. Because one of the things I ask my patients who are very affluent, what would make life better? What would make your life better? And for a lot of these people who are in their, you know, over 60, it isn't another car, it another airplane, it's not another house. A lot of them look for, I wish I had more time, I wish I had better health, I wish I had better relationships with my kids, my spouse, my grandkids, and those are the things they worry about. I mean, those are things, the regrets, you know, to go back and and to have no regrets and to have been... What takes what makes a good person? and I and I look at as a Christian, I look at we're we're in the middle of Lent, right? It's uh, two weeks from Easter. <laughs> and what do I do as a good Christian, as a good soul, as a good human being, to be positive and to be loving? and I think I think the challenge is to be loving when things are really tough. And you know, how do you be loving on a zoom screen, right? I you know, when you mask, Oh, my gosh. I mean, isn't it frustrating to you? I mean, you're such an attractive girl to be masked. Nobody sees your smile. Nobody sees my lipstick. How, you, you have to smile with your eyes. And, and it, it's, it's, it's a challenge. I mean, how do you and your contemporaries, how do you date? How do you meet people now in the time of COVID?
6: It's all online.
1: Oh, my gosh.
6: <laughs> Dating apps are horrible.
1: <laughs> <laughs> She's honest. Look at that. But, but you struggle. And the hope is that your generation, you know, we have such great technology, but you make that as an option, not a requirement. We can use technology, that's great, it's wonderful, but we go back to human beings and a being in physical contact with another human being and to meet them eye to eye and to connect with human beings is such an important thing. So I think our prescription is really aim to be positive, count your blessings, count the things for which you're grateful. Do you have anything else you'd like to share before we wrap up the show? I told her it's the fasted, fastest hour of her life. Anything else you want to share with our audience about being positive or happiness?
6: Yeah, the way I see life is 99% how you react to it and then 1% how it what it serves you, like what happens to you. And if you celebrate the small things in life and really be grateful for what you have, you can't really go wrong with that. So... And feel free to reach out to me if you ever want to talk to somebody. I'm here for you.
1: Oh, that's great. And you can go to our website in Voice America to connect with Tara. So, Tara, thanks so much for being on our show. And good luck in college and good luck getting into med school. And I think you'll be a great doctor. And and thanks for your service to helping everybody out there. So we're going to sign off now for House Calls on our March show. And you all have a wonderful month. And thanks for listening in. And God bless.
2: Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerments.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the...